Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome. And we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it and I'll see you on the other side. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Open House Podcast with me, your host, Louise Rumble, and my incredible co-host, Dr. Terry, clinical psychologist and celebrity love consultant. Today is a quick fire open house hotline episode, and we're going to be building on episode 47, where we covered, are they a narcissist or are they just a dickhead? Excuse my language. But today's episode, we're going to be covering a user submission around her current relationship setup. And we're going to go into a ton of things that Dr. Terry pulled out of the submission as being things that this woman really, really needs to know the truth about. And on top of that, we're also going to dive into some of the top manipulation tactics that you might find in a toxic, unhealthy, or even abusive relationship. So trigger warning for this episode around emotional abuse for anyone that's listening. A lot of the things that Dr. Terry is going to say are very black and white today. She's bringing you very clear, very honest, very truthful information. But we understand that being on the receiving end of this might be hard to stomach. So if that is you, please do reach out for some one-on-one therapy to help you unpack your own personal situation further. And most of all, We love you, we see you, and we care about you, which is why we are doing this today. Okay, so this is how the hotline submission goes. Holy moly, I just listened to your episode on narcissism and I'm feeling a little sick to my stomach. I've been married for five years and I have two kids who are two and five. My husband has never been a fan favorite among my friends. Most of them constantly ask me what the fuck I'm doing staying with him because he is constantly belittling me. He's very full of himself and he's arrogant, but he is also very handsome, smart and is in a doctoral graduate program to be a CRNA. When we're in an argument or in conflict, he always reminds me of this prestigious job and the money that he's going to make, even though I'm also working and I provide for us right now. And I'm a nurse with a good job and I'm making good money. We have nice things and our kids have a stable home, but he always makes me feel bad about myself. He always says, I'm sorry, I'll do better. But he never, ever wants to actually engage in conversation around what he does that upsets me or how he could change. He never wants to discuss putting a plan in place. And at this point, it just feels like open promises that I now know will never happen. He's definitely not as bad as he once used to be. In the past, he used to call me names, but he's definitely been better lately. So this is good. He used to punch holes in the walls and actually has had surgery on his hand from punching someone in the face in college. But he never does anything like that anymore. So I feel like he's growing up and growing out of it, but he still hurts me. 
We are in therapy currently. And the reason for this is because he was texting another girl when he was out of town eight months ago. He moved for work before starting school to pay off credit card debt that he accrued on his Xbox. And by the way, that he also tried to coerce me into paying. I stayed at home working during this period and took care of our two kids by myself for the two month stint. When I found out he was texting someone else, I told him I was done. I actually really was on the edge of being done with him, but I held on for my kids. For me, it felt like the last straw. So I told him I was done. And when I did that, he went out drinking with this girl. And for me, this became flirting. When he finally came home, he felt bad for me. And his exact words were, I'm willing to give you another chance. This is when we started therapy because I really wanted to save this for my kids. He tells me that I'm too dramatic, too sensitive, and that I'm really just making issues that aren't there. But after listening to this episode, part of me thinks, oh my God, what the hell are you doing? Your episode helped me to realize that this maybe started in childhood. And when I look back on this, I started to see that he was raised to do no wrong. I've always just thought that this was how he was raised because his mum also thinks that she does no wrong and genuinely can't apologize. I'm not perfect either. I have an anxious attachment style. I grew up in a chaotic home where my dad used to abuse my mum and my sister. And I know that I have a lot of my own emotional baggage, but I'm the first to admit that. I want to ask you, am I going crazy? Is it really possible that he's just really emotionally immature and maybe just a bit of a shitty person? Do you think that he could grow out of this? He's definitely not as bad as he once used to be. Okay. So Dr. Terry, let's just jump right in. What are your initial thoughts on this open house submission? Oh my gosh. When you sent me this submission, I don't know if you remember, but I was like, we have to do this. And it literally could be a five minute episode where it's like, get the hell out. This is classic abuse, classic narcissistic abuse and manipulation. There is no hope here. But of course, we're going to dive into that. I want to go through all these questions that she asked to help listeners understand why I say that. But wow, I mean, I'm so glad we're doing this episode because hopefully it's not only going to help this woman, but it's going to help every person listening that is either in a relationship like this or is in a relationship where there is manipulation, abuse, all these different things happening, and they are feeling like they're going crazy and they're feeling like it's their fault. Yeah. And I think that if you haven't been in a situation like this, it's really hard to sit here and listen to a question like this without thinking like, yo sis, what the fuck are you doing? Just get out. But I want to say like, I have been there. Honestly, I have been with a man that would put his hands around my neck when he was angry. He'd say, I'm going to fucking kill you. You know, this man isn't even doing that to her. So I feel like when they are not doing something that's like really horrendously aggressive, it almost feels like everything else is just kind of shitty behavior. But the way that you put it so clearly there, like this is emotional abuse. Like this woman is being abused by this man and that he is not only manipulating her, but he is also likely to be a narcissist. I think that is the hard truth that, you know, I never wanted to hear that when I was in my abusive relationship because I was like really, really in love with this man. And you know, just like this woman, people would say to me, what are you doing with him? I can't believe you're with this guy. You could do so much better. You could be with someone so much nicer, with someone that treats you better. But I also hid so much of it. So I reckon that this woman is also hiding some of the stuff that goes on from the people around her. But it seems that already they can see the truth of this man. 
I want to start about this point about staying for the kids, right? Now, I found it hard enough leaving a toxic and abusive relationship without there being children involved. Because I think when you're in these trauma bonds, having an excuse to stay is all you need. I can only imagine having that pull towards staying, staying for the kids must be the only excuse you ever need to stay. So let's first up for anyone that's in a situation with children involved. What are your thoughts on this? To what extent do you think that this man's behavior might actually be impacting the children without her realizing? Yes, I'm so glad that you're asking this question because this environment is toxic. It is not only a toxic marriage, it is toxic for the children. And I totally get it. Listen, I've been through a divorce. Divorce does impact children. But in this case, where there is a lack of respect, Let's just say there was just a lack of respect and there was no manipulation happening. There was no emotional abuse. That impacts the children and you're modeling for them what to accept and expect in their future adult romantic relationships. And I know that the person who wrote into us talked about her childhood and there was abuse happening in that childhood. And so what's happening now is she's replaying that. It's been passed down. It's now generational trauma that's being replayed. She can break that cycle by getting out of this abusive marriage. Now, every situation is different. There are marriages where there just isn't a lot of connection. There isn't even friendship. But two people co-parent well together. They live in the same house. They don't have much of a marriage that's a different situation. Would I say that those people should stay together? No, but that will impact children in a very different way than allowing them to stay in this toxic environment where the mom is being belittled, demeaned, lied to, manipulated. That does have a very direct impact on the children. So do I think she should stay for the children? Absolutely not, because children need at least one happy, aligned, healthy parent. We talk a lot about models of love on this podcast and how we learn in our childhood what love is. And I think it's so fascinating to see how this lady experienced abuse from the male father figure in her life. And she's now essentially replicated that in her adult relationship. And I think something that you've taught me is that we choose and engage with and accept behaviors that often tie back to what we taught was good, normal baseline in childhood. So I think that is so very clear now to see that the cycle she experienced as a child is now playing out when she's an adult. To break this cycle for her children is the most beautiful thing she could ever do. And I can only imagine how hard it is to leave a marriage generally, but to have them as her drivers outside of her to do this for them, I think is probably going to be a bigger driver in being able to help her leave this. Now, I'd love to go into some of the specific parts of the behavior, but before we do that, do you think that this man is a narcissist? I mean, listen, I can't officially diagnose anyone <laughs> who I don't treat, but based on this description, I would say this is classic narcissism. So many of the features of narcissism are being described here. A lack of empathy, impulsiveness, lying, manipulation, a lack of accountability. Those are the classic features. And it's not just one thing or one time, which I want to say 
any of these things that we're going to go through, if they showed up one time, that is a huge red flag because they are huge out-of-bounds behaviors. But we're talking about a pattern of these horribly manipulative, abusive, characterological things that are continuing to happen since the beginning of the marriage. So yes, hypothetically, does this sound like narcissism? 100%. I think that also was so clear for me when we were planning this document and Terry had pulled out specific parts of this question, which we're going to go into. And there were key words that were underlined, like lack of respect, lack of integrity, lack of accountability, lack of impulse control, manipulation, demeaning, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that when you take out the emotions of a situation and you just put it in black and white, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of things here that are manipulative behavior. So let's pull out some of those. So every time they have an argument, he reminds her of his prestigious job, which by the way, let's also say that this isn't even the job that he has right now. This is the job that he's going to have in future and the money that he's going to make. So he's not even doing that right now. Let's go into that. That would never happen from a healthy partner and in a healthy relationship. He is doing that as a way to belittle her, to demean her, and perhaps to make her feel scared or dependent on him. And those are all forms of manipulation and they're not okay. Nobody should ever experience that in a healthy relationship. Again, this woman grew up in an abusive household. So she's used to this. Her idea of what healthy is, she probably doesn't understand that because she's never experienced it. That's why we're doing this episode. I think the piece about money is so interesting as well because my toxic ex-boyfriend was obsessed with money obsessed. I mean, it was always about the Rolex that he had on his wrist or the Omega that he was going to buy. It was always about money. And I think that in this situation as well, he hasn't even got the money yet, but he's like tying it to his self-esteem as if it's already there. Totally. And that's another feature of narcissism. Narcissists have a very deep-seated feeling of insecurity. And so the arrogance and this focus on this is who I am, this is what I have, I'm better than you. That's what narcissists do. Sometimes it's less blatant. In this case, it's super blatant. But yes, that is covering up a deep-seated insecurity. I also think there's just a total lack of gratitude for the fact that this woman is a nurse. Like what an incredible woman to give her life to a career like that, as well as raising two children. There's no gratitude or empathy that she is the one currently supporting them. Let's just jump to this point about the Xbox. Because I mean, just as we were reading through that, I was like, whoa, that was not something... I was expecting. That for me just felt like, wow, okay, he has not taken responsibility for the fact that he has accrued a debt and he's now trying to push it onto her to pay. What is that? What is going on there? Well, it's two things. It's his lack of accountability, right? He he has learned in this relationship, he can do whatever the hell he wants because based on her childhood and what she's learned, she was never allowed to have boundaries. It was probably extremely dangerous for her to have boundaries as a kid. If you have an abusive father, you set a boundary, you're probably going to get abused more. It's probably going to escalate the situation or you're just going to be dismissed. So he has learned that he can do whatever the hell he wants and she has no idea how to set a healthy boundary. So he can run up a huge bill on the Xbox and then tell her she needs to pay for it. 
You know, he can start texting with another girl and then manipulate her and tell her it was just friendly. It wasn't cheating. He can go out drinking with this girl and then tell her it's her fault and they go to therapy. So it's two-sided here. The biggest work that she needs to do, I would say, is learning what healthy boundaries are, where her boundaries are, which is very much tied to her self-worth, which I think is probably very, very low and something she hasn't really begun to work on yet. Oh, that makes me so sad because I just want to give this woman a hug and be like, you are so lovable and worthy and you are such a good mom and you're helping so many people every single day. And you are worthy of someone who cherishes you and loves you and adores you. And instead you are being at best slightly overlooked and at worst totally belittled and actually emotionally abused by the person that's supposed to love you. And, you know, this goes back a very long time. And I think it would just be one thing if he was slightly lacking accountability for his actions, you know, like poor impulse control, et cetera, et cetera. But actually, I think when you bring in abuse, violence, and infidelity, you start to see that this man is really causing her pain across multiple different verticals of her being. So, Let's talk about the violence to begin with. So she says this man hasn't punched a wall for years now and that he's not angry in the way that he used to be. I know a lot of men that when they were younger, they would get drunk and they would fight. But now as adults, they would never in a million years do that. So let's talk about the violence in this submission. So, you know, she references that at one point he put his hand through a wall, but she says that he isn't as bad as he once was. So I think it feels like she's holding on to this hope that he's actually not violent. He's not violent to the children. He's not violent to her. So this situation could be worse. Well, just because this man is no longer punching walls doesn't mean he's not violent. Violence is not just a physical thing. His words and behaviors are extremely violent. To belittle her, diminish her, demean her. That is violence. And it is chipping away at her own self-confidence, her own trust in her own experience and perceptions. And her children are experiencing that. And actually, he's being violent to the children by treating their mother this way. They need their mother to be happy and healthy. And their father is committing verbal violence, emotional violence against her and and also against them. She hasn't said anything about what he's like with his kids, but somebody who is exhibiting this type of behavior is never going to be a good dad. I can guarantee you this man is not attuned to their feelings, does not have empathy for their experience. He obviously has no understanding how treating their mother this way impacts them. So there is violence happening, even if it's not physical. I think that's a really important point is that since going to therapy, I've learned how incredibly malleable and perceptive children are. And these formative years that they're in right now, the kids are two and five, they are constantly scanning their environment. They are constantly picking up cues on what the male is, what the female is, what love means, what communication is like. And yes, you know, there's no physical violence, but she says that he constantly makes me feel bad about myself and he used to call me names, but has been better lately. So there's obviously some verbal cues that are going on that the children will be picking up on as well. And I think it's so interesting to acknowledge that that is violent too. You know, we think of violence as just being physical violence, but actually it's not. And 
I remember with my ex-boyfriend, he would literally say to me like, oh, you look so ugly in that dress, you know, or when, yeah, we, we broke up one time and I came around to bring his stuff back and he messaged me afterwards being like, I'm so glad you came around looking like that. Like, I don't want to get back together with you. You look so ugly. Like, yeah, so mean. And at the time I just thought like, oh, this man is really hurting. No, you weren't fucking hurting. Like you were an abusive piece of shit. And I think now is a great point to jump into what she said about how in his childhood, he could do no wrong because that's very similar to the man that I dated. He was this little prince, like incredibly gorgeous. Like I think his parents in equal parts doted on him and were scared of him, if I'm totally honest. So he could also do no wrong. How does this tie back to childhood. And I, I I love her self-awareness here as well around he can do no wrong, but also his mother can do no wrong. So again, is this a generational pattern that's just repeating here? Totally. It's totally a pattern that he's learned, not only because his mother probably doesn't take any responsibility, genuinely apologize, has never been in tune with his feelings, And also he's been made to believe that he can do no wrong. So yes, that is a pattern that's being passed down. And the other point I want to make is I don't care how he got to be this way. (laughs) I do not care. And I don't want anybody listening to think, oh, you know, well, he has a reason for being this way. He's just got to unlearn that. He doesn't want to unlearn that because he doesn't think he has any problem. Every single thing that has happened in this relationship, based on what this woman wrote in, he blames on her. He takes no responsibility. And that is manipulation and abuse. And is he going to change because they went to therapy? Hell no. Narcissism is not receptive to therapy. Narcissists do not think they have anything to change. And she also said that, you know, sometimes he'll say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'll work on that. Those are words. That's manipulation because there is no follow through. He doesn't mean that. If he meant it, it would have changed. He would have started working on it the first time he said that. I think it's so important what you said about it doesn't matter why or how he got this way. And we actually were speaking this week about how we're going to do an episode on this, like the stories that we build that keep us in situations when if you're able to take a step back and objectively look at the situation, you can see it doesn't matter what the story is. Like this person is not into me or this person is toxic for me and I need to leave this situation. So I think it's great, her self-awareness around where this has come from, but you're right. It it shouldn't be as an explanation like, oh, it's not his fault because his mum was this way. And we touched on this in episode 13, how I just felt like if I could get to the core of him, you know, because underneath it, I could see this lovable, kind, sweet, soft, sensitive man. And I spent so many years just trying to experience those moments with him. But like Dr. Terry said, you cannot live a life waiting for very minute, healthy moments with someone that is incredibly toxic, not only to you and your children. And I think that one of the questions here is, why do we stay? Why do we stay? It's either because we've never experienced a healthy love before, like Dr. Terry said, this ties back to this woman's childhood, or it's that we believe that we're not worthy of a healthy love, which again, also ties back to childhood. So I think where she says that, oh, he says I'm too dramatic or too sensitive and that I'm making everything out to be bigger than they are. 
Would you say that that's just part of this whole spectrum of character disorders where he's just demeaning her experiences and just not giving her a safe space to bring up how she's feeling? He's just like, no, like you're wrong. Like your voice doesn't count in this relationship. Yeah. Abusers, narcissists, manipulators will be very quick to point out the things about you that are not perfect, that maybe need work. And usually the people they're paired up with are very empathic and they want to do better. And so, you know, this woman is saying, I, I know I have an anxious attachment. You know, I know I have work to do. The problem is abusers, manipulators, narcissists, it's always a one-way street. They're very quick to tell you how you're the problem, but they're never saying, and this is how I contribute, and this is what I need to work on in a genuine way where they actually believe it and actually work on it. So you can see how the relationship becomes very imbalanced. One person is, you know, really wanting to please, really wanting to make the relationship work naturally empathic. They take this feedback on and the other person is like, take it. It's all your fault. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. If you would just be different, this relationship could work which is abuse and manipulation. And I think that came out so clearly in the part of her question where when he came back from essentially being unfaithful, whether it was physically unfaithful, it was definitely emotionally unfaithful. It was definitely out of bounds behavior, disrespectful behavior. He said, I'm willing to give you another chance. At that point, I would have metaphorically slap that man, obviously not physically, and been like, get out of here. Who are you to tell me that you're going to give me another chance after you have just done what you have done? So let's talk about the audacity of that situation. Was he already being unfaithful when he was texting another woman? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's something that stood out too. You know, when she said he took it to another level from just being friendly and exchanging messages with this woman to now flirting. When you're in a relationship and you're texting with a new woman that you've met, you're already flirting. And again, I'm sure he manipulated that situation and gaslit her and said, what are you talking about? You know, I'm just messaging. There's no flirting. He knew it was wrong from the beginning. That's why he hit it. And again, this is where somebody's perception and trust in themselves and their intuition totally gets screwed up, totally gets washed over. And just because you're not kissing someone else, sleeping with someone else, cheating, like you said, can be emotional. And you're crossing a line where you're now engaging with somebody outside of the relationship. And again, abusers, manipulators, narcissists will twist it to make you feel crazy, like you're making something out of nothing. They'll play dumb, like, what are you talking about? Those are classic forms of manipulation. So cheating does not just have to be sleeping with somebody else. I don't doubt that there may be some positive moments in their relationship, right? There may be some moments when they connect emotionally or physically, because not everything is probably going to be absolutely horrendous. She probably has glimmers of hope. So for me, I took that she actually got him inside of the therapy room. That probably objectively feels like, oh, look, he's taking responsibility, like things might change. There's that hope of something potentially changing. But what you've taught me is that whenever you have a narcissist, even if you get them inside of the therapy room, it's always someone else's fault. The partner's fault. She's too sensitive. She's too needy. They just want too much from me. 
Yeah. When a, th- when a narcissist comes into therapy, whether it's on their own, typically it's not on their own unless they're experiencing like some bottoming out or, you know, like crisis and it's still not going to be their fault. Or if they come in in a couple, again, you will see this pattern where of defensiveness, where nothing is their fault. They do not take responsibility. So I think I've already said it in this episode, and I know I've said it in other episodes, but just because he's agreed to go to therapy doesn't mean anything's going to change. And I can 100% say it will not change. Narcissism is not receptive to therapy. Okay. So yeah, I agree with that totally. And I think towards the end of this question, this lady says, am I going crazy? And is it possible that he's just really emotionally immature and a bit of a shit person, but could grow out of this? And what are your thoughts on that? No, you are not going crazy. You, This relationship is making you sick and it's making your children sick too. It is a very sick, toxic dynamic and relationship. And it's very sad. You don't get one iota of appreciation or empathy or acknowledgement for who you are, for all that you do, for all the ways you try and show up and for the the good person that you are. This relationship is tearing you down. No, you're not going crazy. You just don't trust yourself anymore. And I I can't say it any more clearly, but to say you deserve so much better. And I would recommend finding a therapist who can teach you about what a healthy relationship is, what it feels like, and who can start helping you understand that you are worthy. You've always been worthy. Even if the man in your life in childhood, your own father, couldn't treat you in the way that you deserved. You've always been worthy of it. You've always been lovable and you need to kind of start there. And I also want you to know that if you do decide to leave this relationship, your husband is going to twist it so that he's the victim or you're doing something terrible by abandoning him and doing this to the kids. So no matter what you do, it's always going to be your fault from your husband's perspective. And the healthier you get, you will understand that is not the case. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be healthier. And you deserve somebody to treat you with kindness and respect all the time, even when they're upset with you. So those are the things I would say. And my heart just really goes out to you. And I hope the future is different for you. I think one thing that I'm like holding on to from this is that they're already in therapy, which for me means that hopefully there is some sort of financial ability for this woman to get a one-on-one therapist. You know, I think one of the worst situations we see is when people cannot get a therapist. That is literally why we are here at Open House is because you often in the UK will not be able to get a free therapist on the NHS if you're not in crisis mode, which this probably wouldn't be classified as crisis mode. So that makes me feel like, okay, at least maybe someone out there can help guide her through this and on the next steps of this. And I just think that I want to say I've been there until you step out of the relationship and start to do the work. It's really hard to truly accept that this is toxic love. It just feels like love. It's all you've ever known. I read this quote once that said, it's very hard to acknowledge red flags when they feel like home and when they feel like comfort. 
And to this lady, I've been there. You are not alone. We're not judging you. We're not shaming you. There are so many people out there. We'd love to go into what you should do next. We're time limited on today's podcast, but you should go and listen to episode 24, where I interviewed Maddie Anhol, who left her relationship with a man very similar to this. And we've had people message us off the back of that episode saying, I am in an abusive relationship. I didn't even realize. And I have left as a result of the things in this. And I mean, Maddie talks through some very real situations about the things you have to have in place before you start to leave a relationship like this. So I just say to the lady listening, please go and listen to that. Please find a therapist, but ultimately know that you are so worthy of someone cherishing you. I even wish that we knew you so we could tell you directly to your face how much you are worthy of true healthy love and how much your kids are. And I'm sure your kids are so lucky to have you because you do have self-awareness. You do, you are able to self-reflect on what's going on and you are obviously a very kind and empathetic person being a nurse. So they are so lucky to have you. But other than that, to anyone listening, if you've related to this episode, you are not alone. If it makes you think of someone that you love please send it to them so they can maybe start to see the truth about what's going on. Of course, they need to be ready to have this discussion. It's going to be facing up to a lot of hard truths. There have been a lot of hard truths in today's episode. But as ever, we deliver these with the ultimate love, which is that we just want you to break through the things that are really, really hurting you and holding you back from really, really experiencing true love. So Dr. Terry, thank you. I feel like we've jam-packed today's episode with so much information, but I love you and I will see you next episode. Bye. Bye.